Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go in the Bible to Matthew chapter 11. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 11. All right, we're in a series on Don't Stress Out. And, uh, you know... (laughs) A lot of people are stressed today. You know, uh, one thing that we in the church got to do is we got we to teach our young people to be strong. Because the world's teaching them to be weak and make a big issue out of everything, you know. I mean, you know, they get mental health days now. Well, they got quiet on that. So what do you think about that, Pastor? Well, I remember mental health days when we didn't want to go to school. Our dad kicked us in the rear end and said, get out there. And that was the end of our mental health. You know, so, you know and I think about how tough the World War II generation was, you know. Right. I mean, have you ever seen Normandy? Have you ever seen the invasion of Normandy? I'm not talking about a movie. I'm talking about the actual invasion when the guys are getting off those U-boats and going on the shore in Normandy. And they're, they're getting, they're, they let down those, t- those tailgates and those guys come pouring out of there. And the Germans are just waiting on them, man. And they're just mowing them down. And these young 18, 19-year-old kids just keep on coming, praise God. Amen. I mean, they don't tuck, 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 tuck tail and run. They just keep on. They keep on. And they kept on until, man, they ended up in Berlin. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, my uncle was, uh, and he's in heaven now, but he was, uh, he was part of Patton's Third Army. He was General Patton. Was, uh, he was served under General Patton, you know. And, uh, man, he was a mile, and he wasn't, a very, he wasn't very big. My grandpa on my mom's side was about 106 pounds. He was a little bitty guy. And my uncle wasn't much bigger than that. But he was a Golden Gloves boxing champion, you know, just tough as could be. And that generation was tough, man. I'm telling you, and we're, we produce weak, weak people now because we, 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 let them, we, let them, we tell them things will overcome you. When, and so tell them you can overcome things. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to get some spiritual Wheaties in them. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, let's go in Matthew chapter uh, 11. And uh, verse 20, and I know people have mental issues. Don't understand me. I'm not making fun of that. So, so chill out. And I know there's mental people deal with stuff. But what I'm saying is we're producing weakness by just telling people you should expect, uh, you know, just uh, be messed up. No, you should expect to be strong. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Matthew 28, or excuse me, 11, chapter 11, verse 28. Je- Jesus said, come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek, or learn from me. Some translations say, learn from me. Uh, Watch Jesus, follow him how he did it. For I am meek and lowly in heart, I'm not all stressed out. You shall find rest under your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wow, praise the Lord. One of the things that you and I ought to have when we come to the Lord is what we ought to find is rest. I said rest, everybody. Hallelujah. There ought to be rest. We're supposed to enter into something called rest. Praise God. You look at this word rest, it means repose, to take a break. Vacation. What are you going vacation for? You don't have to have the last name Green to go on vacation. Anybody can go. You know that. 
They're just showing us how it's done. Praise the Lord. Now, <laughs> they get to go see their grandkids all the time. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Doesn't make you jealous. Like, how do you guys pull this off? Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, see, vacate. What's a vacation for, man? It's, it's to cease from labor, right? You know what I'm saying? Some, some of the vacations we take, you know, we go to these, these parks, you know, theme parks and stuff. And stand, we don't stand and wait and fight the crowd. I don't call that rest. I'm going to go look at some mountains and some water and some trees and not people. <laughs> I'm taking a break from people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, we know a couple one time, married couple, every now and then they take a vacation from each other. They're still married. A lot of years. I performed their, <laughs> I performed their ceremony years and years ago. <laughs> and they're still married. They're still going. I guess it works. Praise the Lord. All right, moving right along. Praise the Lord. That was just a suggestion, not, not a commandment. Praise the Lord. Now, so he said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you something called rest. I'll, I'll give you rest. See, serving God ought to be light and easy. Yeah. And one of the things, we ought, we, we, one of the things that's a, that we should get when we come to Jesus Christ is rest. Right. Rest. Not, all, not stress, rest. Now, we've talked about this. Stress is a, it's a part of life. There's absolutely no way you're going to live your life without having stressful situations come your way. It's impossible. But you don't have to be stressed out. You don't have to allow it to cause... What is stressed out? Stressed out is mental suffering and torment. Christ has redeemed us from that. That's part of the curse in Deuteronomy 28, being stressed out. Christ redeemed us. Jesus, the chastisement for our peace was on Him. So he paid the price for us to have something called rest and peace and not be stressed out. Yeah, we're going to have stressful situations. You can't, you're not going to live your life without that. But you don't have to be stressed out. Amen. Amen. You know, and so he says, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. Well, let's take his yoke, let's take his burden, for it's easy and it's light. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let him shepherd you. You know, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Right? And on and on. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because I'm letting the Lord shepherd me. If You know, the Lord can be your shepherd, but you have to allow Him to shepherd you. You know, I can be your pastor, but it doesn't mean I'm your. That means you're allowing me to pastor you. There's a huge difference. Amen. So, so, so you could let you could. The Lord could be your shepherd, but are you allowing Him to shepherd you? Amen. Now, Hebrews. Let's go there. Hebrews chapter two. I'm going to look at some scripture and the time we have tonight. A few anyway. But I, I, I wasn't planning on going here, but I think we probably ought to see this in Hebrews chapter. Uh, excuse me, chapter four. Go there. Hebrews chapter 4, and let's begin at verse 2. The Bible says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So how I many of you have to mix faith with the word? Amen? You know, that's, that's the catalyst to the Word. You know, if you've ever used epoxy, 
you got to have the two tubes. I don't know how they do it today, but I'm going back a few years. The two tubes, you mix it together. Well, you know, when you put that catalyst in there, you better be ready because something's about to happen. And when you put faith with the word, get ready because something's about to happen. Hallelujah. In other words, listen now. See, we're talking about not, not being stressed out. In other words, listen, you, you, what, when, you, when you mix faith with it, you have to believe that, that things are going to work out. God's going to work things out. He says for verse, or verse 3 says, For we which have believed do enter into rest. So how do we get in this rest? Well, we have to believe. We have to believe. Well, we got to believe. We got to believe it's going to work out. Stress comes, right? But we got to believe those situations are going to work out. Now, how, how, how do we do that? Well, we, the Bible says we cast our care over on the Lord, for He cares for us. Amen. What's that mean? You know, I was reading that one day, and, and it said He cares for us. I thought, you know what that means? He'll do something about it. Amen. If somebody came to me, somebody in this church, because I, I, I trust people in this church. I don't trust everybody out, out there that I don't know. I wouldn't know them. But if somebody, if one of you sweet sheep came to me tonight and you said, Pastor, uh, just give me, uh, I don't know what I'd have to give you, because uh, we, we don't have any kind of, you know, used to when you had a mortgage, you had a payment book or something. And uh, we don't have that, I don't think. At least I haven't seen it. And it must be getting paid because I've been living there for a few years, so something's happening. We don't have a payment book, right? We have something. We do have something. Okay, we have something. And you said, give me your something, <laughs> and I'm going to pay your mortgage off. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to enter into rest. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to believe your word. See, And so I can just rest and no praise God. Guess what? My mortgage paying days are over with. Glory be to God. What are you going to do? I'm going to get that stinking pool she wants. <laughs> That's a possibility. Jordan said, you sure you're not going to move? I don't know. I think, I think we've kind of settled that, that we're here till the rapture happens. But you never know. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. But so you've got you to gotta believe that everything's going to work out based on the fact you've turned it over to the Lord. See, Paul told the church at Philippi, he said, don't be careful, don't worry about anything, or anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds. And then keep your thoughts right. He said, finally, brother, think on these things. He said, if you do that, the God of peace will be with you. If you just do that. In other words, you just cast it over on him and believe. See, that's where faith comes in. Is you, and, and listen, if, if you saw an immediate manifestation, there wouldn't need to be much exhortation about faith and standing. But because you sometimes may not see immediate manifestation, then that's where the faith comes in. You believe even though you don't see. Yes. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So that's what happened to Israel. He said, they, they, the, gospel, the gospel, their gospel was preached to them as well as to us, but they didn't mix faith with it. In other words, when, when things got rough, they didn't mix faith with it. They gave up. Didn't get into the promised land. Well, Because at the first hard spot, they, they, they murmured and complained. Right? 
I mean, listen to me, guys. God just split the Red Sea three days ago. And now they come to the waters of Mara, they're thirsty, and, and they, they, the waters are bitter, and they start complaining. You would think, see, that's why people say this, they don't believe this, but people don't realize, miracles don't produce faith. If they did, the Israelites had been faith giants. They saw a lot of miracles. I mean, think what they saw. I mean, the, the splitting of the Red Sea, all the plagues, water coming out of the rock. They saw the cloud of God, the glory of God, the fire of God. They saw Moses glow like a light bulb. They saw God come. Do you know they saw God come down on Mount Sinai? Remember that? And, and they said to Moses, you talk to God. We don't want to talk to God. That freaked them out. Say, uh-uh, man, we don't want part of this. This is a holy God. So they saw all kinds of miracles. Now, miracles may stir you up, but it's the Word that produces faith. So, they've just seen, but you would think, you would think that after seeing the Red Sea, you'd keep your mouth shut about water from now on. I mean, God's done proof He can do something with water. Like one guy said, a theologian said, you know, he said, one of these liberal theologians said, well, the, the, where, they drowned, where, 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 where they crossed the Red Sea at was only six inches deep. This guy shouted and said, well, praise the Lord. He said, God drowned the whole army in six inches of water. No, it, the Bible said it was a wall of water. Besides, haven't you ever seen the Ten Commandments? Wow, what a movie, right? I mean, who else could play Moses but Charlton Heston? After that, forget it. Don't ever make that movie again. Nobody can play that. Amen. Whenever I think of Moses, I think of Charlton Heston. Amen. Now, all right, go to Leviticus 25. Go there. We're just talking about, see, letting God carry the load. See, don't stress out. Don't be stressed out. Let God carry the load. Let Him carry the load. He's promised to. Why not let Him? You know, I'm at the point in my life that if I can get somebody to, to, to pick something up for me, I'll let them do it. Absolutely. You know, I, have, I always buy these, you know, I'm, I always buy these push more, but I always buy the, real, the commercial type. You know, I spend a little extra money for them. I don't go to like to, to Lowell's or... Uh, and not, not, this isn't a slap against anybody. Or Home Depot and buy their mowers. I don't do it. I don't go to Walmart and buy a lawnmower. I go to Walmart and buy French fries. I go to a real lawnmower place and buy a real lawnmower and pay a lot of money for it. Well, you know why? Because I've never had one of those yet that ever quit on me. I give them away. They, I've had them like 15 years later. Me, you got one of mine that's probably 15 or 20 years old. He's still mowing with it. I guess you're still mowing. Maybe wife's mowing with it, but... But it still runs, right? <laughs> you need to work on that. My neighbor's got his wife mowing his yard. Now, that mower's still going, right? Yeah. It's a commercial, but it's, they're heavy. And so, man, when I was in my 30s, my 20s and my 30s and my 40s, I'd pick that thing up and put it in the back of the truck. If I had to take somewhere, I'd just pick the thing up. And I mean, it's not like a regular, it's a heavy-duty machine. I mean, it's a steel deck. I mean, it's tough stuff. But when I, that was when I got in my 50s. I would, I, I'd ask my daughter-in-law to help me. 
Remember, Michelle was over the house. Okay, help me put this in there. I'm getting a little smarter here, see. I'm a little older, and you know, you just don't do things. So if I can get somebody to carry something for me, I, I'm, you know, that's one, one person that, that moved away from here one time. They, they moved away from, from and went to, moved to another state uh, with a job thing. They called me back one time, and, and you know, I, I, we kept kind of in contact. We kept in contact, still do talk. But they said to me one time, because they found another church, going to another church in another state, and they said to me, said, well, you know, uh, our, uh, our, 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 our pastor now, he's a little different you. I said, oh, yeah, how's that? They said, well, he does everything himself. You always gave the jobs to everybody else. <laughs> I said, amen, brother. I'm going to do my job and let you do all the other stuff, praise the Lord, that you're supposed to be doing, called the ministry of helps. So, anyway, I don't have any problem delegating. And I, you got to learn that with the Lord, that, man, He'll carry the load. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow, praise God. And so when you learn that and you begin to cast over on Him, see, the, you, you, stress comes your way, but you just hand it over on Him. Lord, I'm not going to carry this. I'm not built. I'm not wired to carry this. I'm not built to fix things. But He is. And, he, and He's the one that invited us to do it. It's not like we're you know, infringing on God. He's the one that said, cast all your care on me, for I care for you. Matter of fact, he actually told us not to carry it. He actually told us not to worry. Didn't he? And so if he told us not to do it, and we do it, it's probably not good, right? It's probably sin. Oh, no, not another sin. I just got over one, and now you added another one. Well, let me know. He that knows to do good doesn't do it. It's sin, right? right. So it's probably, it's probably wrong, right? Amen. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Praise God. Leviticus 25, look at this, verse 20. God said, And if you shall say, What shall we eat the seventh year? Behold, we shall not sow, nor gather in our increase. Then I will command my blessing upon you. In the sixth year, and it shall bring forth fruit for three years. Now, what's behind this is that God had instructed Israel every seventh year to let the land rest. Every seventh year. So basically, what that meant is every seventh, because this is how they made their living. It was an agrarian society. So this is how they made their living. This is how they, this is how they prospered, see. And so every seventh year, they basically got the year off. Woo, glory to God. That sounds good, doesn't it? But did you know, when you read the Bible, they never did it one time. Not once. There's even scripture that God said, you know, you're going into captivity for 70 years in Babylon because you robbed the land of 70 Sabbath years, which would be 490 years. You didn't take a year off. You follow my math there? Every seventh year for 70 years, they, every seventh year for 490 years, they didn't take it off. So God said there's 70 years worth of Sabbath that you owe the land. You're going into captivity, and that land's going to get its rest. Until, and you can find Jeremiah said, well, Jeremiah told him, we're not getting out of captivity. Those 70 years are complete. Now, what is that all about? Well, it's a spiritual thing. You know, we get a spiritual type out of it. God wants us to enter into rest. 
But here's the thing. They never had the faith to do it. They didn't believe. If we took a year off that God would cause, what, God, what did God say we do? He said, I will cause such a bountiful crop in the sixth year, you'll get three years worth of fruit in the sixth year. I'll cause you to prosper so much the sixth year, you'll have three years worth of fruit, so you can take the seventh year off. They never did it because they never believed it. They never had any faith in it. And the reason that people don't cast their care over on the Lord is they don't have any faith in it. They don't believe God will do anything. And therefore, you have to carry it yourself. And you don't enter into the rest. I'm just, you know, I'm talking about you, not me. All you, all you people, you need to get this right. No, how I many know we all have to work at this, right? Yeah. <laughs> all of us do. So when I'm saying you, 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 I'm in, I'm in the you, okay? Now, understand this. This, this, was, this was the problem, see? They didn't have any faith. That this day, the generation before them that went, you know, was came out of Egypt. They didn't have any faith to get into the land. They didn't trust God to take care of them. They didn't trust God to defeat the giants. They didn't trust God. They didn't cast the care over on the Lord. And now they're in the land. Finally, God got a group in there, but now they're in the land. They don't have any, they still don't have any faith. They don't trust Him. I don't know about you. I want God's blessing. Right. Notice what He said. Look at this. He said, Verse 21, then I will command my blessing. Well, look, what was God saying? He said, if you quit working and let me work, I'll command the blessing. Now look at Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10, because this is a real good scripture here about this. Proverbs chapter 10, go there. Proverbs 10 Verse 22, the Bible says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. What did God say He'd do? He said, I'll command my blessing. I'll make you rich. Well, now what He told him, He said, I will give you fruit for three years off one year. I'll cause one year to produce three, four years worth of fruit. I'll, I'll, I'll command the blessing. Do you think God's still able to command the blessing today? Or you think maybe all His blessings are gone now? I mean, all you got to do is command it and things are going to turn around for you. But the only way you're going to get Him to do it is if you give it to Him. If, you're, if you still got it, He's, he doesn't, he's, not, he's not working. One of, us is, one of us has to stop working. And the Bible says that we're, we're, we're to cease from our, our labors and enter into His rest. Amen. Notice, I like this last part. The, uh, verse 22 again, The blessing of the Lord that maketh rich. The King James says, And He addeth no sorrow with it. Now literally... That word sorrow means to toil. And here's other translations. Uh, one translation says, toil yields no increase like it. In other words, all of our earthly toil, all of our natural toil, it doesn't yield any increase like the blessing does. This is probably one of my favorite translations of this. No effort can substitute for it. No effort can substitute for it. In other words, no effort that we do can substitute for the blessing of God. So why would we want to carry the load and be stressed out when, when our efforts, aren't, they're not going to substitute for the blessing? Amen. A, subst a substitute's just never the same. How many know that? You know, you ever, you know, you ever seen uh, things that like, Leather look, leather feel. 
Well, if it's leather, you don't have to say that. You know, uh, looks like diamonds. That means it ain't. Right? Cubic zirconian. You know what? You know what another? You know, there, there, there's two words. There's two other words for cubic zirconian. Brass. Cheap husband. No, I'm having fun with you. But, but what, what's, that, what's, that, what's that mean? It means it's not the real thing, right? So you have to, you have to understand. <laughs> See, there's genuine and there's not genuine. Amen. And it just, it just doesn't... It, you see, God, when we do things, it's a substitute. It's not the same thing. All right. Y'all quiet. Get over it, guys. You ever bought your wife cubic zirconia? Don't ask that question. Yes. But there's a difference between the real and the not real. Now, you know, it may look real. But see, the thing of it is, if we try to do it ourselves, we're, t- we're, we're stepping in the place of the real one. Amen. So we have to understand... We can't, we can't just, we can't expect God to move if we're doing the moving. Amen. And so, well, all right. Now, since, since that went over really big, um, you, you know, like people will tell me sometimes, you know, listen, people will tell me something. That's just as good. I remember one time somebody was telling us, uh, now you may not like Chick-fil-A, okay? So that's your, that's your, that's your problem. But somebody was telling me, now you got to go try this chicken. It's just like Chick-fil-A. And I went and, I went and bought it, and it ain't. Pardon my bad English. But the real thing is you can't fake the real thing. Amen. Synthetic pearls. They look good. They look, but, but they're not the real thing. They didn't come from an oyster. Right? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and all these things. All of, now, it may look good. It may look fine. But how I many it's not the real thing. It's not the real thing. So we have to go back. God, the Bible says no, no effort. No effort can substitute for God's blessing. Right? So no matter what you put into it, it's not the real thing. The real thing's the blessing. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And so I like the real thing. Praise God. Amen. Now, let's go in our Bibles over to, uh, let, me, let me see, we want to look at one more thing maybe. Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians, and we'll close right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Go there. Now, so we have to allow God to take care of things. Amen. Amen. Let Him step in and do it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Go there. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
You know, God told us, he, he told us in Matthew, He said, man, don't, don't think about what your life. Don't, think, don't worry about your life. Don't think about your life. Why? He, he said, I take care of the birds. I feed the birds. I clothe the lily. I clothe the grass of the field. I'll take care of you. Well, I mean, he's going to do better. I mean, he's doing a pretty good job taking care of the birds. I forget. I don't know. I had it written down in my Bible. I don't know where I get some of this information from. I don't remember. But if I wrote it down, it was accurate. I wouldn't have written it in my Bible. Only, the Bible only has the truth in it. So I, re, I have in my Bible, there, at this present time, there are up to, up to 430 billion birds. I don't know who counted them, but I'm sure we paid for it. Up to 430 billion birds. And it says your father feeds them. Think about it. And he tells us, he said, I take care of the birds. You don't ever see birds. You know, all the robins I see, are, they, they look pretty healthy. God's taking pretty good care of them. But see, they just let him do it. They just act like they own your place. Right now, I don't know if she's still there or not. Some duck decided to have lay eggs underneath one of our shrubs in the landscaping. She didn't ask. There was never a knock on the door of Jordan. And this duck said, do you mind if I use your bush? You know. And so we've kind of tried to leave her alone, stay out of her way. And all, and, you know, I don't know whether they've ever hatched yet or not. I don't know. I mean, we might have to check. But, you know, they just, she just act, they just act like they own the place. <laughs> Amen. Well, God said, you need to be like, more like a bird and, and just act like I'm going to take care of you. Amen? Right. Come on, you need, you need to be, have a little bit of a bird brain. <laughs> a little bit. Don't go too far with that. Now, 1 Corinthians, go there, chapter 1, verse 9. The Bible says, God is faithful, by whom you were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well, I, I, I read that to you because, look, we got to watch what we're fellowshipping with. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, you can fellowship with worry and cares and all that. You can, how, do you, how, do you, well, how do you do that? By spending time thinking about it. You're fellowshipping. What you, whatever you're thinking about during the day, that's what you're fellowshipping with. And the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 4 that the cares of this life choke the Word. Now, if you choke the Word out, you choke God out. So cares choke God out of our lives from being able to move and do what He wants to do, see? Because if the Word's gone, well, that, you know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if it chokes the Word out, it chokes God out. So we have to watch. We don't allow those. Now, now listen to the way the, uh, the writer said this. Mark said this. He said, the cares of this world entering in. He didn't just say the cares of this world, because we all have cares of this world come at us. But when they enter in, when we start fellowshipping with them, See, when you let somebody in your house, you let them enter in. There's people come to my door. I don't let them in. Because I don't want fellowship with them. 
I mean, come on, you don't, you don't just let any, anybody knocks on your door come in, right? You, you let the right people come in, right? People you want in. Sometimes I get people that want to sell me something. I, I don't want to buy it. And I'm not going to let them in. Because if I let them in, then they think I'm interested. I'm not interested. You're not getting past the front door. I don't want it. You've got to be that way with the devil. I'm not, I'm not opening the door. I'm not letting you in. You may knock. I may say who is at the door, but you're not coming in. You're not going to enter in. And so that's what Paul, that's what, that's what, uh, excuse me, Mark's talking about. He's talking about allowing those cares to get into our life where we, where we fellowship with them. We think about them instead of fellowshipping with the Lord and fellowshipping with his word and thinking about his word. We're thinking about the cares. They enter in. They choke the word off. They choke God's operation out of our life. He can't do what he wants to do. And that's why we don't have the rest that we should have. Amen. I don't know why you, rest is a good thing. I mean, I, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about being lazy, but I'm talking about rest. Rest is different than being lazy. Rest means, man, you, you know, you're entering into something here. We want to enter into to the, to the rest of God. Hallelujah. And people, people don't enter in because... Of unbelief. Because of unbelief. A lot of people don't realize this, but a lot of people don't have a faith problem. This may sound funny, but listen to me. A lot of people don't have a faith problem. they got a doubt-unbelief problem. They know what the Word says, but they allow doubt and unbelief to enter in, and it chokes that out. But if God said, cast your care over on me, guess what? He's intent on doing something about it. Hallelujah. What an invitation. What an invitation. I mean, he, he is the richest person, if you want to say it that way, you and I know. He is the wisest person you and I know. He has more power than anybody you and I know. Amen. Why not allow him to take care of things? Amen. You know, I've had people before over the years said, well, you know, I'll take care of that and I'll take care of this and I'll take care of that. And that's wonderful. But there's a limit to them. There's a limit to their ability. Mm -hmm. But there's no limit to God or his ability. Mm-mm-mm. So it doesn't matter. You say, well, Pastor, this is really bad. This is a really bad situation. Really bad. Well, how many know there's no limit to God's power? Right. Amen. I think really that's, that's on our end. See, that's that doubt and unbelief because we measure things. Like, yeah, if I have a headache, God could heal that. But if I have something more serious, well, that's a little different. How many know not, the Bible talks about you know, God's able to deliver whether with big or small. Many or few. Doesn't matter to Him. Amen. Amen. It's like, I close with this story. It's like years ago, back in the early 80s, this minister, uh, he said he was needing $100,000 for his ministry, which back then, that seemed even, that seemed really huge. I mean, it's huge, but... It doesn't seem as huge today as it did back then. Amen. You know, I mean, the, the, the prices of things have escalated so much, you know. 
And so he said, I need $100,000 for my ministry. And he said, for a need. And he said, I began to pray and talk to God about it. And he put on that Pentecostal wine. wine. Yes, we've all been, you've been around that, that Pentecostal wine. Oh, God. Oh, God. If we can get God to feel sorry for us, maybe he'll do something. And he said, I began to do that. Oh, God, I need $100,000. And I need it today. I need it now. He said, that, now nobody tell this on themselves, so you know it's got to be the truth. He said, I heard the Lord speak back to me. He said, how much of it can you come up with? He, so he put the wine back on, Pastor Jack. None of it. The Lord, he said, the Lord, here's what he said. He said, the Lord spoke back to me. He said, well, if I'm going to have to do it all anyway, just shut up about it. You think God talking that way? Oh, yeah. I remember Joshua was laying on his feet moaning. Around. God said, get up on your feet. And that's what he said. The Lord said, if I'm going to do it all, just shut up about it. Quit whining. Amen. I've tried to get God to feel sorry for me before, too, and that didn't work any better than it did with him. Matter of fact, I told you that one time the Lord said, Bay, I'll cry with you all the way down, but you're going down. <laughs> if you don't use your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, there's just no compassion in this church. <laughs> you know what compassion is? You know what, you know what love is? I'll tell you what, we got love so screwed up. Love is telling you the truth so it'll help you and bless you. Amen. Love tells you the truth. I don't know about you. If I'm wrong, I want to know I'm wrong. How about you? If I'm messed up, I want to know I'm messed up. Right? If I got something, you know, I'm, you know, if I got, you know, something on my chin here from eating and I'm walking around with it, part of a taco or something, I want to know it. I want to say, oh, I don't want to offend you. I'll tell people, hey, your pants are unzipped. You look like an idiot. Zip them. <laughs> you know, fix that. That doesn't offend me. I mean, like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I had a guy honking at me the other day. Well, I was, we were in another city. I was preaching there. And this guy just honking at me. Man, he's letting me have it. And, uh, you know, I'm like, what's wrong with this idiot? You know, that's what I'm thinking. What's wrong with this idiot? And finally, I see I'm getting ready to turn the wrong way down a one-way street. All of a sudden, my fence is gone. I'm like, hey, thank you, buddy. <laughs> Throw something at me. Hit me. Slap me. Do something. Because you're just trying to help me keep from, from messing my life up here. And I was about, I was in the city, I, you know, another city. I was going to go down a one-way street the wrong way. And this guy, man, he's just blasting letting me have it. You know, like, you idiot. Well, I wasn't offended by that. You know, if he'd have rolled down these ones and said, you idiot. You're, you're about to go down the, the wrong, wrong way. I was, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was coming out of the airport the other, a, a few mornings, a few weeks ago. Uh, and it was morning, you know, it was morning and I'm coming out of the airport. And I don't know why. I just saw green and I thought it meant go. But, you know, they had, the other side had green light too. You know, and I like turned in front of this this vehicle 
I mean, it was their, it was their turn. I, I made a mistake, but I'm just not paying attention. Man, they let me have it. I mean, every, they threw everything at me. I mean, they unloaded, man. Every, every, everything you could do to let somebody know you're a stupid, idiot, dumb jerk. I got the point. <laughs> and I really wasn't offended. I'm thinking, man, you stupid idiot. Why did you do that? You just turned right in front of these people. You nut. No wonder they're mad at you. Somebody's got to stop you and break you from doing that before you hit somebody or somebody hits you. And if they have to get a little bit rough to do it, praise God, it's for your good. Amen. But if, God, if God's going to have to do it, let's just let him do it. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.